0: Sweet, sweet irony. But not justice. No, no. justice would be his death. We're not that lucky. The president's probably gonna live. I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of Armand World, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It is great to have you. It's October the 4th, and as of today, we have 35,191,569,000 worldwide cases of COVID-19 with 1,038,898 deaths. And I got a great show for you. Great show for you. (laughs) Got to Tony the Tiger that a little bit more. Great show for you. In The Devil's Advocate, I'm going to ask the question. Are we the alien elite? In Infernal Informant, Woodrow Wilson downplayed the 1918 flu pandemic. Then he got violently sick. It all comes back around. And the second one, Einstein, right again. (laughs) I just like science, so I'm going to read a little bit. And of course, in the Creature Feature, I'm going to give you a review, a quick little uh, how-do-you-do, about a film called Scare Me. This premiered on Shudder this past Friday, and I had a fantastic time watching it, so we'll talk about that in the tail end of the show. Gary, thanks so much for joining, man. I know I'm early, everyone. I got things to do later on tonight that I'd rather get to than wait 20 more minutes before I get to, so might as well start 20 minutes early, right? Or 15 or, I don't know, time, whatever. Um, Val- Valeria, how are you? <laughs> I'm bouncing around here. Uh, thanks for joining, hon. Uh, William, good to see you, man. Dog, we just saw each other. Zachary, how you doing? Lady Marie. I like that. Uh, good name. Scott, good to see you, man. Ashworth, how you doing? Kyle, what happening? And anyone else who joins at the regular time that I scheduled this feed for, thanks for joining. And if you have any comments, Put them in the chat based on what we're talking about, and we'll see if we can get to them, right? As per usual. All right. So uh, for those of you, hey Leo, uh, who tuned in to the daily vlog that I ran, or are members of the sixth or ninth circles and saw the daily vlog vlog that I ran uh, recently, I'm paring back on productions. So evil live reading aloud and vlogs are taking a back seat just like Speak of the Devil and You, Me, and The Devil Makes Three have. They'll be, you know, whenever I want to, rather than on a regular schedule like I had had them on. Um, After this current book that we're reading in the book club, I'm stopping the book club as well. And uh, Satanists on Cinema also is going to, at the end of October, go on a bit of a hiatus. The truth is I started all these different projects back up when the COVID-19 pandemic hit. And I had a lot more time. Well, business is picking up. I have a lot less time, plus some other factors that sort of ran in my mind. And quite frankly, I'd rather focus on my profession and my family and on my close friends to be able to hang out. Ain't nothing wrong with that, right? So that's what I'm going to do. Side note, for those of you who didn't get the email uh, I sent out about updates. Audio podcasts have gone the way of the dodo. That's right. Every week, I asked the thousands of listeners who get my podcast through audio podcast form to give me a rating and review. And you didn't. So fuck you. They're gone. (laughs) It's really that simple. It's like a partnership. You're not paying for this shit. I'm doing this for the goodness of my own heart. My own little black heart wrapped up in my dark, evil chest, right? If you're not going to give me a little... I'm not gonna give you a little. So that's it. Simple, done. Um, I've removed all of the admins to this channel and to the Twitch channel. The truth is, is I'm paring back on everything that has anything to do with social interaction online with my site or my channels. I don't want to engage in it. I don't want to be party to it. The membership side of this gets you emojis and access to videos, that's it. So if you don't want that, then don't be a member. There's not going to be any special engagement or interaction as a member to me. Um, The truth is, this all takes time and effort. And even just presenting this show takes time and effort. Um, Planning the show, getting all the show notes together, you know, everything. And I have a limited amount of time that I'm willing to do that. It's why I stopped the original nine cents, if you'll remember back in the day, because those were highly produced audio podcasts. This is very much a turn it on, live stream, get it done without the, uh, you know, formatting all of this and leaking them out to different podcast venues. It takes a lot of the edge off. And so I'm going to take a little bit of the edge off. That's kind of it. I hope you're all okay with that. And if not, (laughs) I don't know, deal with it that's your choice okay how about we dump (laughs) jump into a little devil's advocate shall we (laughs) you can take a dump after okay do Let me throw up an image really quick. A nice, aspirational image of Prometheus, perhaps. All right, let's talk about this. This is probably going to upset some people. Are we the alien elite? I think it's important from time to time to question, what are we actually doing? Are we deluding ourselves? Are we lying to ourselves? There's a lot of fundamental putting on airs in statements in Satanism, right? You are your own God. We are the highest form of human life or uh, the highest form of life. Um, You are the alien elite. And so it's easy, I think, to put yourself in this position of Godhood and look down on all the lowly other people. But what about those people who aren't actually producing anything? They aren't actually contributing anything. They aren't actually doing anything. In some cases, they read a book. In other cases, they just heard about it. They collect a few friends online and that becomes the alien elite. I'm a Satanist. I'm the highest embodiment of human life. I'm better than all the, I'm the Ubermensch, the Superman. I satanist. And I would argue, just based on my own anecdotal experience, that that is a lie in nearly every respect. Because the majority of you out there aren't producing anything. Where are your real world accomplishments that would then equate you being the alien elite Let's look back at what the alien elite means. This was uh, outlined pretty well, I think, in Magus Gilmore's essay, Satanism, the Feared Religion. And this is a little pull quote from it. Let us instead look at contemporary Satanism for what it really is. A brutal religion of elitism and social Darwinism that seeks to reestablish the reign of the able over the idiotic. Of swift justice over injustice and for a wholesale rejection of egalitarianism as a myth that has crippled the advancement of the human species for the last 2,000 years. I love those lines and I wish that they were accurate in the realistic portrayal of Satanism. Because there's one thing to say that and it's a wholly different thing To live it. And I'm not talking about perceptive quality, right? I mean, it's one thing to write a song and perform it or to paint an art piece and present it. And some people are going to like it and some people are not. But abjectly, anyone can observe or listen and tell if talent was put into that. Whether you like it or not is a wholly different thing but you should be able to tell if there is talent involved. I'm just not seeing the talent. And it's frustrating from a group that claims to be elite. And we've got to look outside of the group to see the elite. And I know we get in our little circles, right? We get in our little bubbles and we want to promote each other. Because brotherhood? Whatever manufactured bullshit reason you have for excusing the fact that you're engaging in behavior that's antithetical to the very religion that you seem to ascribe? But you huddle together. You get everyone in a group and you're, you're kumbayaing and you're liking and you're sharing and you're commenting how great this is. Oh, that was a wonderful writing you just made. I am so impressed and glad that I know you. Hey, would you please like me back? What are you producing? What are you promoting? Is it really great? Or are you just a hanger on and trying to become as good somehow just by association, trying to borrow a little equity? There was a really great essay put out, um, called Satanism needs an enema. Um, and here's some lines from that. Now this was based around a time in Satanism when there was a fracture where there were some Satanists claiming that the doctor actually believed in an anthropomorphic deity, and others who were rightly claiming that no, he's never has, he's always written that he hasn't, and this is the truth. This essay was written as a way of spurring change, getting those who believe in actual Satan out of the religion, let them do whatever they want. The movement, Satanism, is in danger. The danger is real. The danger can be stopped. I am writing this to put a stop to it. In LeVay's view, the devil was not an anthropomorphic deity, but rather a dark, hidden force in nature, responsible for the workings of earthly affairs, a force for which neither science nor religion had any explanation. That's from the Introduction to the Standard Bible by Burton Woolf. The movement is in danger. The danger is real. The danger can be stopped. And I'm saying this to put a stop to it. When all you experience is online communal Satanism, a community of Satanists, all you know is communal Satanism. You know the inviting that inevitably occurs. You know, the abusing of titles that inevitably occurs. You know, the sharing and championing, obviously juvenile creativity because of likes and friends that inevitably occurs. This type of behavior always was and always will be. It will always exist, but it was on the individual experience level before the internet rather um, than being perpetuated by a herd of black sheep all goose-stepping and elevating the mundane. How is that any different than the grotto system? How is online communal satanic groups, sanctioned or not, any different than a grotto system? Well, from the website. It has become irrelevant in the current existing situation for social in- interaction facilitated by contemporary means for communication. And that's the end of grottos. Grottoes gave way to special interest groups. So grottoes were stopped because they were recognizing and witnessing the same behavior that I'm complaining about. And so special interest groups were, were promoted. So they were founded as think tanks to serve as forums wherein a creative member interacts towards the end of generating tangible results. They provide fuel for the creation of essays, images, music, compendiums of data and other materials germane to the primary focus of each specialized group. And they're managed privately by members. Where's these tangible results? I think special interest groups have gone the way of the grotto and been replaced by social media satanic communities. Social media groups are the new grottos of old and your participation is the means in which Satanism is being dragged down and allowed to be confused by political and cultural appropriators. You see it online divided either by into conservative groups or pages or conspiratorial groups or pages, by liberal and progressive groups and pages that are contrasting those other ones. But you're not getting what is central to what it means to be a Satanist, the individual. You're getting a group or a page, this amorphous identity, not an individual, because they're too afraid to be honest about who they are. They're too ashamed. So it rather just hide behind a moniker, right? So now you just have these groups. Hey, we're a satanic group. Some of them actually have satanists in them. Some of them do not. Espousing ideas that are satanic. So if you are a satanist, you must think this way. And so other groups prop up. Again, amorphous identities. Well, this is in contrast to that. Satanists are like this. They're not like that. All the while, no individual Satanist is actually responsible for their own thoughts, their own actions, and nothing is actually being produced. There are no tangible results. There are forms and groups that are tiered. You stay in one long enough where you like the right people, and then you'll Be elevated to the next satanic online community and you do that again in that one and you get elevated to the next and on and on until you are what a real god really evil really dark and mysterious do you get a lapel pin for it if climbing a satanic social ladder is your idea of expressing or capturing the spirit of satanism you are neither elite Nor are you a Satanist. You're a hanger-on. You're a vampire. You're nothing. So yeah, we need a new enema. We need a new enema that washes away the hangers-on, and you may be one. That kicks everyone to the curb, that isn't actually creating tangible results. That is not achieving real life successes which is the whole point of this religion and every one of you who is not doing that you're part of the problem you either need to look in that satanic bible and decide whether or not you just liked it or whether it was you and if you just liked it that's fine do your thing move on have fun But if you think it's you and you're not actually creating, you're not actually producing, you're not actually achieving, how can you honestly call yourself a Satanist? And collectively, all of these groups, all of these people huddled together in their little online communities, every one of them, you're part of a problem. You're communicating a sense of mediocrity. So whenever anyone looks at a Satanist online and then they happen to meet someone in real life that says, I am a Satanist. They don't think of personal achievement. They think of huddling and protecting each other in online communities. Is that what Satanism is to you? Does no one have the balls to stand up and say, that is not good enough. I don't want that representing me. Does no one have the balls to say, I'm not going to engage in this huddling of the masses that is strictly antithetical to the religion itself? And I'm just going to do me. That's what Satanism is. Can you do that? Or are you just going to continue to make up any excuse you want? Well, all my friends are here. (laughs) i talk to my family. Or, uh, uh, it's okay. I don't need to create anything. I'm, I'm supporting other people who are creators. For those of you who do produce things, whether you write or you paint or whatever, maybe you're a mechanic, you're a daycare worker, I don't know, whatever it is. Can you take what you produce and can you hold it up to the peers in that industry. Not satanic friends, but actual real world peers in that industry. And claim then that what you're doing is elite. And if you can't, then stop calling yourself that. Stop pretending. Work, put in the time, put in the effort to become elite, to become better. You don't have to be the best, but you've got to continue to try and work hard. If you cannot hold up what you do and compare it to other people in the industry and feel that it is truly of value, that tells you that we, Satanists, have fostered mediocrity that tells you that we are not what we claim to be. How can we pretend to be the highest embodiment of human life if we're only ever comparing ourselves in any sense to others like us and not to the wide world at large? And I understand that to compare yourself to someone better, well, That's hard, because that makes you do a gut check, but that's what we're supposed to be doing on a regular basis as Satanists. And I understand it's easy to foster a group of mediocre people, so when you do hold up your work, your mediocre work to other mediocre work, well, if no one else is elite, then maybe we're all elite. Maybe we don't have to compare it to anything outside in the real world. We can just live happily in our fake elitists circle of friends is that satanism to you is that what you're proud to call yourself is that what you see when you look in the sigil of baphomet's face when you read the satanic bible can you be honest with yourself enough You believe that you're elite because you surround yourself with equally mundane people. And if no one in your world is better, then you're all the best. Your desire to be elite is the very thing that is destroying the sense of elitism. I wanna say that one more time. Your desire to be elite, to prove that you're elite, is the very thing that's destroying the sense of elitism If you haven't actually produced anything of value. So what do we do? This is one of those questions where you should take an honest internal inventory and ask yourself. If Satanists are supposed to be the alien elite. And let's go right back up to the definition. And the alien elite contemporary Satanism as it is, is supposed to be a brutal religion of elitism and social Darwinism. Are you contributing to that in a productive and positive way? Or are you just watering it down a little bit, throwing a little more ice into the drink? This is why I go through so many of these fucking hurdles. It's not because I am better or I see myself as the best version of me. I'm a work in fucking progress, just like anyone. And I'm aware of it. I engage in social media, and then I take personal inventory, feel the shame, and I stop. I produced a show that was founded around interviewing other Satanists to promote the elite And then I realized that I'm not actually doing that. So I have to stop. Gut check, it hurts. That I'm feeding in. That I'm helping make what is supposed to be powerful, mediocre. I create my own version of a little online community. I'm part of the problem. So it's not just you. It's everyone. It's all of us. It's not condemning you. It's condemning all of us. We need to stop pretending we're something that we're not. Stop placating each other, pretending that we're already there. And start actually putting the time and effort in to be it. What do you guys have to say? Oh, sweet hell. Let's see. Um, you ask yourself the same question when you decide to step away from Facebook and Twitter. You began to work on your own life and what is valuable to you? Hell yeah, lady. That's awesome. You think the actual alien elite is a smaller group than people who think they are the alien elite. I think you're absolutely right there, dog. Uh, there's too many pretenders out there. I work every day to build your talent. Being the alien elite is just as much about recognizing your flaws and working to better yourself. Well said, Leo. Well said. Uh, let's see. On point, I've understood the alien elite as a mental mentality, a mentality that is earned through experience, driven by desire. Some people just have an energy about them that you can see. Um, I actually disagree with that idea of what alien delete is i think it is something you aspire to and that you can achieve it is not simply a, a mentality an idea um, magus gilmore wrote uh, the magic of mastery an essay in the satanic scriptures and it speaks to this idea of becoming a master at something That's something that you can do. That's something that you aspire to. It's not just an idea. So I do think it's a little bit more than that. Uh, You think it's almost primal. The way you recognize it is hard to verbalize. The hairs on the back of your neck stand up, for example. It's how I imagine animals recognizing an alpha. Oh, that's... You're referencing the the energy that people put out. To some, self-improvement means not engaging in certain actions and indulgences, working their asses off just to get to base level. See, that's a good point, And that's something that needs to be addressed because everyone starts at different points biologically, right? We all have our different chemistries that operate inside of us. And so it's not as if everyone starts at zero and can then gain at the same rate. And outside of just our internal chemistries and biological functions that may be different... We also have to look at the reality of where we were raised, who we were raised by, how they informed us, how our culture that we were raised in informed us, opportunities available to us. So there's a lot of external and internal factors that have to be dealt with. And that's why it's so important just to compare yourself to you when you're striving to be a better version of yourself. But if you're talking about producing anything, you have to put it out there we can't be a meritocracy if everyone's the same there has to be better there has to be greater that's the point of a meritocracy the cream will rise to the top right that's what we keep telling ourselves if no one's better and everyone's just as bad at things then there is no elite and we are just a big puddle of goo and nothing it is all a lie and so i think think maybe this point should probably be made right off the bat and I failed to do so not everyone is capable of actually being a satanist and we all know that but we don't like to think that maybe that's us not everyone is capable of producing of being elite so I guess the greater question is If you cannot improve yourself to a point that you can compare yourself with others in your industry and say, I'm on par or better, then maybe you're just not cut out for it. Maybe you're just not good enough. That's the truth. That's the reality that some people have to face. Maybe it's me. But that's an option. So if you just cannot improve yourself enough to get out there and do something then maybe you're just not cut out being able to recognize that in yourself that doesn't mean that you can't continue to improve yourself go do your thing man we all have to have an honest inventory uh let's see Primal is a beautiful way to describe... Oh, you guys are still talking about that. Giving you flashbacks of when you made the mistake of looking at the Satanism subreddit. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's fair, man. (laughs) I think it's turned into a fad. Fads come and go, though. It's up to the true elite to lead by example and continue to produce results and separate the real from the fake. I understand your anger. Justin, spot on. The problem is... I don't think I've ever seen any actual separation. If the mundane is hobnobbing with the actual elite in the same little groups online and everywhere, then for all intents and purposes, there's no actual stratification. There's no social Darwinism. There is no separation. Let's see, every once in a while, things like this need to be thought about. Yeah, yeah, they do. Let's see, i got to move the mic so I can read these. Rely on yourself at the end of the day to accept where you're the present and be able to move forward in a positive and constructive way would be the ideal. Yeah, and I, I, want, it, I want everyone to understand that um, I recognize that we all have to work. On ourselves that's the point that's actually the point that i'm making is to stop comparing yourselves in a manner that of those that are surrounding you and instead actually just focus on you and yours Satanists are born not created your desires are unique to you i don't expect to see commonalities among satanists aside from recognizing the religion I think there are some, I think by and large, that is a a pretty accurate statement. There are some things that you are going to notice the more Satan, at least anecdotally I have, the more Satanists you engage in. You're going to quickly be able to identify actual producers versus pretenders. You're going to quickly identify actually talented individuals over untalented. Um, And you're going to quickly notice those who actually get it and those who don't. And all of that is in Satanism, like all of it. So it is up to the individual to be able to wade through all of that nonsense uh, because it's out there. It would just be nice if we could get some people to do a little bit of introspection and help separate (laughs) the wheat from the chaff as it were. Uh, True social media is fine for marketing. Just remember though, that if you don't pay for the product, you are the product, hell yes, Ruth, absolutely. you know, you, you want to talk about a producer, right? Ruth is one right there. Uh, she's got the goods. <laughs> Wait, that sounded weird. It's not what I meant, <laughs> though. Um, let's see. If you're on the same platform, you will never have your own platform to differ from others. Uh, hey, Jason, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining. All right. So that is what I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, I, I always like to question I mean, that's what we do, right? Question all things. Um, I like to question whether or not we are what we say we are, not just as individuals, because that's pretty easy, but as a religion. And if you're in an organization, if you're representing that organization in the best way by what you're doing and how you're acting. And part of that is social Darwinism and brutal elitism. That's what Satanism is. So how about we have a little bit? Let's do a little Infernal format. Alright, I need to get a better fan in here, (laughs) because I'm dying. I am absolutely dying here. Okay, these two lights I got shining on me are just brutal. right, Woodrow Wilson downplayed the 1918 flu pandemic, then he got violently sick. Sound familiar? The disease dubbed the Spanish flu emerged in 1918 during the last month of World War I. Initially, the Wilson administration tried to downplay the disease even as it spread worldwide. Presidential historian Tevi Troy cited the administration's response to the pandemic, calls Wilson the worst U.S. president in terms of handling a disaster. Was. Quote, the federal response to the influenza outbreak in 1918 can best be described as neglectful. Hundreds of thousands of Americans died without President Wilson saying anything or mobilizing non-military components of the U.S. government to help the civilian population, Troy writes, in Shall we, Wa- Shall we Wake the President, Two Centuries of Disaster Management from the Oval Office. He also blames Wilson for contributing to the pandemic by continuing the mobilization of troops, even as World War I was whining to a close. In April 1919, however, Wilson himself contracted the illness shortly after arriving in Paris for the Big Four peace talks. Sarah Fling, a writer, a fellow writer of the White House Historical Association, notes that the number of members of the Wilson entourage had caught the flu during a transatlantic voyage in February 1919, including his daughter, Margaret, several members of the Secret Service, Wilson's stenographer, and his chief usher. News of Wilson's illness was initially hidden from the public. The Associated Press reported flatly on April 5th that the president was, quote, not stricken with influenza. But no one knew better what was unfolding than Rear Admiral Kerry T. Grayson, personal physician to the president. Publicly, Grayson said only that the president had caught a cold because of his workload and the chilly and rainy weather in Paris. Privately, however, Grayson told a different story. In a letter that only became public a little over a decade ago, He wrote to a friend on April 14, explaining, These past two weeks have certainly been strenuous days for me. The president was suddenly taken violently sick with the influenza at a time when the whole of this civilization seemed to be in the balance. And without him and his guidance, Europe would certainly have turned into Bolshevism and anarchy. He continued in a letter, now held by the Woodrow Wilson Presidential Library, From your side of the water, you cannot realize on what thin ice European civilization has been skating. I just wish you could spend a day with me behind the scenes here. Someday, perhaps I may be able to tell the world what a close call we had." Berry writes that the flu undercut Wilson's stamina, disrupted his concentration, and affected his mind in other, deeper ways. Six months after contracting the flu, Wilson suffered a stroke that left him partially paralyzed and blind, and effectively incapacitated as president. He died in February 1923, three years after leaving office. I wanted to bring this up for obvious reasons. We have a president who knew the seriousness of COVID-19, downplayed it in his own words, in order to not prevent, in order to not rile up the public, in order to prevent uh, mass hysteria. Um, He downplayed the importance of wearing masks, going so far as to make fun of people and ask them to remove it if they're in the press, asking them questions. And he got what he deserved, just like Woodrow Wilson. The problem with this is that it's too late. We're handling the pandemic too well at this point. Doctors know how to treat the illness. And so Trump is probably going to live. He's been on the hardest steroids that have been only given to the most desperately sick of uh, covid patients and it's been working he's gotten oxygen a couple times he left the hospital today and then returned shortly after we don't know if he was doing like a rounds for his supporters or if he thought he was going to be okay and then realized he wasn't but the truth is i'm just not this lucky <laughs> That's why he's not going to die. And I've had people and I've heard the the conspiracy theories. Oh, he's not sick. He's doing this so he doesn't have to do a debate. And okay, whatever. Maybe that's true. Maybe. But I still love the sense of irony. I still love the sense of karma, even though I don't believe in it. I like the idea that you mock and hide the severity of an illness that you then contract. Oh, it's great. Especially for an asshole like him. Right? <laughs> so great. Uh, you're absolutely right. His death now would create even greater chaos. Could you imagine Pence stepping up as president? Oy vey. Oh my gosh. And now people, senators, are, are contracting COVID. Um, and they're still going to try to push to uh, the add the Supreme Court nominee. who would be a disaster. So interesting times we live in interesting ironic times that's why i wanted to bring that up let's quickly move over to this second one um and i like this one it's short but it's sweet einstein right again oh yeah um, really quick that last article was from usa today this is from universe today Most of what we know about black holes is based on indirect evidence. General relativity predicts the structure of a black hole and how matter moves around it, and computer simulations based on relativity are compared with what we observe, from the accretion disks that swirl around a black hole to the immense jets of material they cast off in relativistic speeds. Then in 2009, radio astronomers captured the first direct image of the supermassive black hole in M87. This allows us to test the limits of relativity in a new and exciting way. General relativity is a robust scientific theory that has passed numerous scientific tests, but it is not without its problems. Most significantly, it doesn't play well with the other robust scientific theory, quantum mechanics, theoretical physicists have proposed several alternatives to general relativity. These models only differ from Einstein's theory slightly, making them difficult to test. A new paper in Physical Review Letters shows that our observations of the M87 black hole can tell us about these alternative models. The fuzzy ringed glow we see in the image of M87 is caused by radio light that has been gravitationally deflected by the black hole. It is essentially a shadow of the black hole with a bright gravitationally lensed edge general relativity predicts the shadow's size from the mass of the black hole and the brighter and darker regions of the ring from the black hole's rotation alternatives to general relativity would predict slightly different shadow sizes and ring shapes so a team looked at the m87 data and asked how it constrains uh alternate theories now any alternate alternative to general relativity will make different predictions about how gravity behaves in the extreme regions near a black hole. Some found these alternatives differ more significantly than others. The team found that the observed size of M87 gives these alternative models very little wiggle room. The LIGO and Virgo gravitational wave observatories have confirmed general relativity For the regions of the black holes up to about 150 solar masses. This new study improves upon this by a factor of 500. This means that if an alternative theory is correct, its differences must lie only in extremely strong gravitational regions, stronger than the areas around most black holes. Soon, astronomers will release a direct image of the supermassive black hole in our own galaxy. And when they do, it could narrow down the wiggle room even further. Or it could reveal the shadow of a new physicist beyond what even Einstein could imagine. This is what I love about science. We think we know. We come up with ideas that argue that we actually know what we think we know. And we continue to do the work and we continue to study and research and try to find answers. Question all things. You see the connection? In the highest regarded field of human expression, science, we are continually finding out that we are ignorant and incapable of discovering truth in most cases. Or understanding virtually anything. And we're okay with that. Why can't we be okay with that within ourselves? Why can't we be okay with continually testing theories about our motivations and behaviors? Without being offended. Or trying to protect our own egos. Your ego should never be that big. Remember what the doctor said. I mean, I'm I'm pulling out of context here, but... In order to be a great sorcerer, you must have a sense of humor. you got to be able to laugh at yourself from time to time. I put that one in. But it pays off the point. Don't take yourself too seriously. Always question. Everything. Are you a Satanist? Why are you a Satanist? How do you prove that you're a Satanist? What are you doing to actually contribute to the sense of the religion itself are you part of the organization how are you representing yourself that then speaks to the organization constantly question should you even be a part of this religion always question just like science I love it Um, it still doesn't really answer the end of uh, (laughs) that Nolan film for me but I still love black holes to death okay um that's really all (laughs) that's all i have for that sorry that's very short let's jump into a little bit of scare me and create your feature Uh, before I jump over to the Creature Feature, I wanted to reiterate what Ruth had just said. Stay mindful that the results of our experiments are influenced by our expectations. That's why it's so important to have peer review um, work, uh, peers review your work, and as individual Satanists, have people that are willing to be honest with you. Finding those types of contacts are very challenging. But honest objective feedback, criticisms that are constructive and brutal are really important. I mean, invaluable. So if you don't have contacts like that, get them. Alright, let's do this. Sorry, I got a tickle in my throat here. I had so much fun with this stupid little film. Alright, this is called Scare Me. It is airing on Shudder right now. It just came out on Friday. The logline is during a power outage, two strangers tell scary stories. The more Fred and Fanny... (coughs) Excuse me. The more Fred and Fanny commit to their tales, the more the stories come to life in their Catskills cabin. The horrors of reality manifest when Fred confronts his ultimate fear. This was directed by Josh Rubin, written by Josh Rubin. It stars Aya Cash as Fanny. Josh Rubin is Fred Rebecca Drysdale is Bettina and Chris red as Carlo. This is a nice little intimate film where essentially a writer goes out to a cabin to write his greatest uh, werewolf horror film. He's a horror fan and it's really campy, and it's really cheesy, and there's really self-aware moments for horror fans. He does a bunch of, you know, imitations that you're going to recognize. Um, he has this really malleable face where he pulls in a, a lot of really great impressions, which makes it entertaining and fun just to watch him be the weird individual character that he is. But then, like, he'll, he hears this weird, like, thump or something, and he's just staring at a door and he starts imagining this scary story of footsteps coming up from the basement and so he walks over to the door and opens it and sees this dark stairway going down he's like no i'm not gonna do that (laughs) he just scares himself too much and i can identify with that a hundred percent so on man camp we got this um Airbnb, right? And the, part of the Airbnb uh, agreement was that you would not go, o- try to open the locked door under the stairs and don't look into the um, crawl space that's adjacent, like right on, off this little powder room from the master bedroom, which is where I was staying. So there's a hole that I'm not supposed to look in that who knows what could be under there. What kind of evil, dark, monstrous. I'm a rational human. I understand. I freak myself out. I know it's not real. But suspension of disbelief, man, that's why I love horror, and I can freak myself out. And so it was really fun. Like, I was convinced there was something in there. (laughs) Like, my buddy who was there with me, um, he went over there just, like, opened it up all willy-nilly. I'm just like, (gasps) (laughs) waiting for monsters to pop out knowing nothing would, but still the fun of it. Um, it was just a really funny moment. I guess you had to maybe be there. But anyway, seeing that reflected in this film just immediately brought me back to that moment and just endeared me to this character even more. That he was as insane as I am with his suspension of disbelief and his passion for horror and scaring himself. And then, so he's having a hard time finishing this werewolf story. And so, you know, he goes for a run the next morning in this, you know, sort of tiny little outdoor town road uh and he runs across this other woman who just happens to be a successful writer who he immediately becomes jealous of when he realizes her success compared to his lack of success and then um she's also in a cabin well that night the power goes out she shows up and she's like look i have no power you have no power how we're both writers right and he's like well kind of yeah and she's like well tell me your story let's talk horror let's get scared and just watching them play out these scary stories with each other and they start like jumping in on each other's stories and engaging with each other in these really wonderful ways. Then the pizza guy shows up and he gets in on it too. It is so awesome. And then you're having so much fun just watching them enact these stories as they make them up impromptu. Then all of a sudden it gets real. And I'm not going to talk about any more about that, but shit starts getting really real and so it, it, it's a little unnerving. It's a little alarming um, how quickly it turns on you. And you're just like, whoa, oh shit. Oh shit, right? It's so good. You have to watch this if you like horror films. It's just campy, cheesy, awesome fun. So that's my review for Scare Me. Uh, everyone should watch it if they love horror because it's fun. <laughs> All right, what are you guys saying? Uh, you live in a city of borders, of Detroit. There isn't much here to do or see. That's why you gotta scare yourself, man. Make up stories. Oh, you guys aren't even talking about that. You're talking about social stuff still. Damn it. Do you guys scare yourselves? Can you scare yourselves? I think it's an important part of, of being a person is knowing your own limits and still being able to go past them. I think it's really integral to to ritualize as a Satanist too. Like suspension of disbelief. I mean, I guess those of us who are easily, you know, sort of sucked into it, it seems like it's something that's super simple. And I guess some people have you know, difficulty with it. And I can appreciate that. Just work at it, but if you go and watch a film, don't you believe what you're seeing for the duration of the film, right? I mean, you know it's not real, but you still have fun with it. I mean, yeah, it's all part of the fun. That's that's what's great about it. So anyway, all right. Well, Jordan can't do it. That's why he goes to horror. I love it. <laughs> that's why I love horror too. Okay, everyone, that's all I had. I got stuff to do. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Um, You know, when I talk about uh, the stuff that I talk about in this, um, it's always with the purpose of us appreciating who and what we are a little bit more, you know, and that's why it's so important to do those self inventories. It's why it's so important to call yourself and your close friends on their bullshit to keep people honest to who and what they are. I'm not talking about using lesser magic out in the real world. We all know we're going to be lying and doing that stuff. But you have to know where you are, where you're starting from. You have to know you. Don't be delusional about who and what you are. Be honest to yourself and then build from there, right? It's, that's all this is about. Not the show, the religion. So... Let's continue to do so, right? And for those who ask you to be honest with them, you owe them to be honest. It might make them hurt. It might make them not like you. It may make them never talk to you again. I know I've got those people who ask my opinion and they don't come back. So just be honest because the ones that actually are of value will see the honesty and come back. That's what's important. Have a great day, everyone. And remember to hail that Satan. I don't know why I say it like that. That's weird. Hail Satan, everyone.